I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it fast. Bring it to the Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Jake. Um, I write for EPL Index and Total Dutch Football. Um, for these podcasts, obviously, I'll be covering England, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. And you can get my Twitter at Jake Jabber with two ends. Hi, I'm Jay. I'm editor and writer at the Eagles Beak, a Palace fan site by fans for fans. You can get me mostly at the Eagles Beak on Twitter. Uh, my other project is a football radio football show called Back of the Net, which is on community radio, but you also get it online as well. So um, we're on at underscore back of the net underscore. I'm Githa Sawillian, Swansea City fan um, and member of the Jackass podcast at the Jackass. Uh, also columnist for the Carmarthen Journal, if you live in West Wales. And for the purposes of this podcast, I am the token Welshman. All right, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, which is a little different because we're talking countries. Uh, we'll start off with Jake talking a little bit about England, and then Jake can agree with him, and then he can agree with Gitto when he's talking about all the Palace players that also play for <laughs> Wales. Uh, but Jake, we'll lead off with you. Uh, what were your thoughts on kind of the final selection by Roy Hodgson and what you've seen in the friendly since? Yeah, I actually think we're in a pretty good position going into the uh, Euros. Probably like the best uh, position we've been in for over a decade into an international tournament. Uh, I think with the squad, um, I think it's good that Rashford's going. I mean, I think we need to. I think he's in good form, and we should take him for an extra sort of option up front. And it looks like Roy has settled on the sort of four four two diamond, which is, which is fair enough. It probably suits our best players. The, the best, so I can see why he's gone that way. Although I would have been tempted to take Andros Townsend over Ross Barkley purely just to give another option and to allow us to change to like a four-three-three if needed. Um, and I don't think Barkley it really offers any more than Rooney or Ali in sort of the the number ten role in in the diamond. So that's that's the one change I probably would have made. But I can see why he's why he's done what he's done. Um, yeah, I just think the balance of our team is quite good. We've got two great forwards in Vardy and Kane, both in really good form and both have really adapted to international football well, uh, scoring quite a few goals already. And we obviously have Rooney, who, who although he doesn't really fit into our side as, as much as we'd like him to, he is the country's uh, all-time leading scorer and he, he has the ability just to produce moments of magic like, like he did in the FA Cup final when he went on that run um, for, for the goal. And, you know, I just really hope that he excels in the midfield role. Uh, on uh, Thursday, it was a bit, it wasn't as well, like tactically, like didn't look like the players were comfortable with with the roles as they they should be. Um, it looked like Kane and Vardy were sort of drifted out wide a bit too much, and they didn't didn't get the area enough. And Rooney wasn't sort of creating, and there was sort of that um, 
lack of lack of chance creation, which which is a worry, uh, especially as it's the last warm up game. And you, you'd hope that sort of the tactics are all firmed out by then, and the players know their roles. But I think you know overall we've won our three warm up games, not pretty any of them. We haven't really played that great football, but you know we, we've got the confidence. Winning three out of three, beating Portugal, a very good team. I mean. They have such good. They have a lot of experience at the, at the top level. Like their centre halves, Ricardo Cavalli, Bruno Alves. Although he did something ridiculously stupid, you know, they're, they're tried and tested international centre backs, and it was a good test for our players to go up against. I think. Um, in terms of uh, breakout players, I think at the US, I think Deli Ali could have a sort of similar tournament to Wayne Rooney. I think he's very important to us in this formation because we need the energy to sort of cover uh, to go out wide and sort of cover the whole pitch because otherwise you're relying on the fullbacks to do too much I think Ali's gonna it's gonna do really well and he's gonna thrive in his formation um and I'd also play Wilshire over Milner because I don't think Milner played too well on Thursday he looked a bit lost um he didn't sort of have the, the pace to sort of get around the pitch as, as you need to in that sort of formation I think when Wilshire came on we looked a lot better and although he hasn't played that much football this year I think he, he has to be in, in our start at 11 going into, into that first game against Russia um but yeah, I, d- I just think, you know, it, the, the full-backs are the most important thing for England. Um, Carl Walker got man the match on Thursday. He, he played very well. I also thought Danny Rose played well. Uh, Ryan Bertrand played well against Australia. So, and I, I think the full-backs, they've got so much, you know, emphasis on their role in the, this formation. They have to cover the whole pitch. They have to attack, provide the width. They have to get back, make sure they're not sort of left... Uh, too exposed at the back and, hope, and that's why you know the, the energy of Ali and Wilshire is also important to get out and cover those wide areas as well um, I think Eric Dyer has really settled into that uh, defensive midfield role uh, well and I really like how he always looks to play forward passes I mean every time he gets on the ball he looks up he finds the forward pass and it's the type of player we've never had in the English team we often have players that are quite sort of conservative especially in the English shirt and it's just amazing to see a player who full of confidence take that role and really excel it so yeah I think I'm pretty pretty confident going into Euros I think on paper right now um, purely because of the lack of form of the, the Spanish and, and the Germans I think we should on paper be getting to the semi-final although this is England and I, I'm, I'm prepared for anything in this tournament but I, I think we've got a winnable group three winnable games all of them pose different tests in their own way um, but I, I, yeah I'm pretty confident I say we'll at least get quarterfinals but I'm hoping more. I, I think we could definitely get more. All right, Jay, any agreements, disagreements? Yeah, I agree with a lot of um, you know, what Jake said there. I think the squad almost picks itself, really, although I'm a little bit disappointed with the form of our defence. I think that's probably our weakest point where, over the years, defending has been one of our strongest points, and it's been difficult for us to, to build from that. But Maybe um, they should I have think- included Scott Dan. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention Scott Dan, but um, to be fair, he's had a—I mean, the Palace have had an atrocious second half of the season. So it's probably if he wasn't—if he wasn't going to get picked in the first half of the season, he's never going to get picked in the second half. But um, I mean, for me, I think the centre back is going to be a problem for us. Um, Smalling, yeah, he's had a decent season, but I mean, in the cup final, I mean, if he plays like that in the Euros, then we, we've got a real problem. Um, Cahill's not had a great season, um, and obviously the other centre back is you know it would be a choice is John Stones and again you know he's been questionable this season um but in the friendlies they've looked okay um if Eric Dyer plays in front of them then that's going to be possibly you know the formation or probably the formation we're going to play and that he's going to protect the back line and give those two centre-backs you know a fair bit of help there so 
that will allow us to build from there. And obviously, our, our midfield and, and, and front line is, is exciting. I mean, we've got, we've got so many options available. And I kind of agree with what Jake said is that we don't really use wingers. Um, the only real winger we've got in the side is uh, Raheem Sterling, who kind of doesn't really play as an out and out winger very often. But he will be the only option that we, we could use to kind of stretch the play a little bit because it's got a bit of pace. But I, I agree with the sentiment about Andros Townsend, perhaps. But. Um, you know, England don't play that role, and I think we've got a multitude of talents across the midfield and up front. And obviously, the the the, the you know, the obviously, thought is that Rooney playing in that playing a midfield role, a deeper role, is uh, is obviously why we've taken. You know, there was a lot of argument whether Rashford and or Sturridge would go to the Euros, but obviously, we've chosen both because Rooney's going to play a deeper role, which which works. I mean, he's played well there for United in the latter part of the season, which is good. Um, so many options. I think one player who worries me the most is Deli Ali. On his day, brilliant player, great player. But as we've seen it before, David Beckham, um, Wayne Rooney, you know, petulance gets punished in the tournament. And it worries me with Deli Alli that, you know, we've seen it, you know, second half of the season and in some of these England friendlies even that he's kind of, you know, done silly things which he shouldn't do. A referee in the, in a big tournament is going to crack down on that. Um, and, and that really does worry me. You know, he, if somebody gets under his skin and uh, he lashes out and, you know, some... Yeah, you know, official's going to see it, and um, he's going to be in trouble, and that really does worry me as well as you know the centre back pairing. But I agree with Jake again. That I think this is one of our best squads we've had for a long time. A lot of flair, a lot of talent there, and if our defensive unit can bring it, bring its A game to the tournament, then then we've got you know as good a chance as anybody else at the competition. Um, Joe Hart, great keeper on his day again. You know, if the back line doesn't do its job, then uh, you know Joe Hart's there. To, to uh, you know, tomato saves, and he's a top quality keeper. You know, one of the best around. Um, and fullbacks. I mean, we you know we've got a lot of talent for it. Carl Walker and Danny Rose. You know, both did well for Tottenham this season. Nathaniel Klein rates him really highly, and Ryan Bertrand don't think got a problem at fullback at all. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward. I'm really positive at the moment. I think it's a winnable group. Um, I agree with that point. Um, I think. Our biggest test will be Wales. I really do because they play the same game as we do. You know, play in um, English football. So, um, you know, a lot of them know the English game, playing the English game week in week out. We know them; they know us. You know that that could be a real. Um, you know, it's going to be a real battle. I have no doubt about that. Um, not kind of you know pushing away the likes of Russia and Slovakia because they're they they've got uh, you know will cause different problems in themselves but um I'm, I'm really looking forward to it I'm hopeful that we can we can do well in this competition you know the big guns France Germany Spain you know they're they're all there to be beaten um and and on our game I think we're as good as uh, as good as all them so it's a typical English positivity going into the tournament so we'll see I'm happy with the um warm games we've had um there's a few ne- bit of negative negativity after the Portugal game you know but for me we found a way to beat 10 men and you need to do that in a tournament uh which I think pleased me the most actually going you know Portugal went down to 10 men Portugal good side experienced side um you know, with players that play all the way across Europe um very experienced um, a lot of know-how, and um, I think we did well to get that goal and uh, and and get the win there. Um, but for me, friendlies, if, you know, if the management and the players get something out of a friendly, then you know, who who are we to kind of question, you know, the, the actual performance on the day? It's whether. Um, you know, those guys get anything out of that or learn anything from it. I think sometimes you learn more from losing a friendly than you do winning a friendly, but um, that, that's just my view. But yeah, looking forward to the Euros as an England fan. Um, and um, a little bit of a soft spot for Wales. I'm just ashamed they're in the same group, unfortunately. 
Yeah, we know Gitto uh, also feels bad about that because I believe the words he used were, I hope I don't see English players while I'm in uh, France. <laughs> or something uh, yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Uh, obviously not going to work out for you there. Um, as you will be having to see plenty of them. But what have you thought of, of Wales preparations building up to Euro 2016? Uh, it's, it's been strange because we've only had one friendly, uh, unlike I think every other team in the tournament. I know one friendly was uh, on Sunday uh, against Sweden and we lost 3-0 uh, and played really poorly, if I'm honest, uh, as poorly as we have played in a very long time. Uh, and of course, a week before we get started in the Euros, that that obviously is very concerning. Um, we didn't have uh, quite a few key players. I mean, Gareth Bale only played the last 20, 25 minutes because he was still recovering from the Champions League final, where uh, obviously he played the entire 20, 120 minutes, um, plus took a penalty and looked to have cramped up quite a lot in that match. Um, also, uh, the likes of Joe Allen and Hal Robson-Karno weren't risked. Uh, and while Hal Robson-Karno probably isn't a massive player for us, uh, Joe Allen certainly is. Um, and Joe Ledley, uh, it remains to be seen if he's going to be fit. So there are a few players missing, but that did give a chance for a few players to really step up the mark. And, and sadly, they didn't. Um, Joe Ledley probably isn't going to be fit for that first match, which means there is a, a midfield slot available. Uh, and it's up to basically David Vaughan and um, uh, well, Premier League winner Andy King to fight it out. And um, they both started against Sweden, and they were probably our two worst players. Um, I mean, I mean, David Vaughan was completely bullied by Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and as brilliant as Ibrahimovic is, um, you know, you know, David Vaughan really did look out of his depth playing against him. And Andy King, sadly, like like he looked more often than not when he plays against plays for Wales, uh, he he was pretty anonymous. There was very very. Very, very little to get excited about when he played. Uh, and it does give us a bit of a problem, uh, if I'm honest. Um, but those weren't the only problems against Sweden. I mean, defensively, there, there were some uh, shaky moments from set pieces. We definitely look um, weak when, when James Collins isn't on the pitch and he probably won't start against Slovakia. We lack a goal threat. That is plainly obvious when Gareth Bale isn't playing. Uh, and... Uh, you know, in a game where there was only one really big play on the pitch, and that was uh, for Wales, that is, and that was Aaron Ramsey. He, he didn't step up the mark, and Aaron Ramsey, I think Arsenal fans would probably agree with, is a player who uh, relies a lot on 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 his teammates um, to get the best out of him. And uh, when Aaron Ramsey doesn't have the likes of Gareth Bale, Joe Allen, uh, and other very good players around him, uh, he, he can sometimes look a bit isolated and, and, and sometimes look like he's trying a bit too hard. So it was a, a, a rude awakening today, I think, for Wales um, when um, they lost 3-0 to Sweden. Um, Chris Coleman um, has cited um, a bit of complacency on our part. Uh, and I, I certainly hope that he's going to be having some harsh words and, and letting them know that you know they're not, they're not just going to be able to turn up for this tournament they are actually going to have to play at the very best to get anything out of this game. Um, I don't think we've, we're in one of the most difficult groups in the, in, in the tournament, but you know, e- each of these teams does present some challenges. I mean, Slovakia 
I, I've been impressed when I've seen Slovakia. I mean, and there, there are things, there are obvious weaknesses, but on the counter-attack, they look very, very dangerous. They've got pace, they've got a bit of creativity, and they can they can punish punish us if, they, if we're not at our best. Obviously, England have a lot of very, very good players, uh, and they're, they're capable of, of, of destroying us if, if we're not at our best. And Russia, too, you know, we, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be complacent around them. Um, and, and we we do feel in Wales that we've got a squad that is capable of uh, going through to the next round, especially when you consider most of the third-place teams will go through. Um, and even though this is a, our first tournament, big tournament since 1958, you know, we we, we do feel that we, could, we should be going through to the next round. There's no reason why we shouldn't. Um, and and it, by now, I think it would be a shame if we didn't, if, if I'm being honest. Uh, we haven't had too many difficulties in the run-up. Joe Ledley's broken leg is the only major uh, injury that we have had in terms of players that are likely to start matches. And, and he's made a remarkable recovery if um, press reports are to be believed. Um, but other than that, you know, we've, we've had a bit of good luck with injuries. Um, so I'm hoping that this... The, the, the poor performance against Sweden really wakes people up and that they do, um, well, well, react and, and up the game massively when we kick off on Saturday against Slovakia. Yeah, here's where at the World Cup I would be talking about the Netherlands and how exciting things are. Obviously not involved in the tournament. Quick takeaways. Uh, why couldn't we play like this during qualification? Uh, Vincent Janssen's really good. And um, roll on World Cup 2018. <laughs> That's the most positive take I can have there. Um, all right, and now we will quickly move into the group stages, which we're about to enter this coming Friday. Um, so we'll start with Group A. Obviously, it's filled with teams that none of you are in. Um, but we have Albania, France, Romania, and Switzerland. France, obviously, the hosts, dealing with a lot of injuries in their back line. Um, with Mathieu and Varane both missing out, and then Sako kind of missing out through in, uh, through a suspension, but now he's not suspended, but he's still not being included. Um, so I guess we'll just roll through quickly and, and tell me your take on this group. What match do you think people should most watch in this group, and who do you think will advance? I think this is a desperately boring group on the whole, but the match to watch is Albania versus Switzerland, just because of um, the various... Um, family ties, etc., and, and the fact that so many of the players on each side could have played for the other side. Um, for those of you who don't know, there's been a lot of migration. Well, there, there are a lot of people living in Switzerland at the moment who have roots to Kosovo or Albania, um, and therefore um, they, there's been a bit of switching. To I mean, the two shakas are on either side of the divide, etc. Um, so that you know that that is obviously has a bit of intrigue, but realistically, France should absolutely cakewalk this group and it should just be up to the rest of the teams to to fight out for second and um, there's a good chance that the third team the third place team in this group will get enough points to go through to the next round too yeah i i, I agree with the uh, game to watch is definitely albania versus switzerland just for the, purely the same reasons um i also think in this group uh, romania actually a lot better than people give them credit for they've got quite a uh, they've got a couple of quite exciting young players coming through in um Florin Andone, I think he's, just, he's the, uh, the forward. He plays in the Spanish second division. He's quite a good young talent. And um, 
they've got a couple of others uh, in their attacking lineup who are, who are really exciting as well. So I, I think they're going to surprise a few people and actually do really well in this group and probably qualify second ahead of Switzerland, I think. So, yeah, I, I, apart from that, I, Albania are not going to do much. And I think Switzerland were pretty poor in qualifying. Even, yeah, when they played England, they were just not very good. So I just don't expect much from them. Yeah, I, I, I agree with uh, Jake, actually. I think Romania are a good side. And an opening game uh, between France and Romania could be quite interesting. I quite fancy Romania to bring a surprise there. Might not actually get the win, but a draw uh, between those two uh, would be very interesting indeed. And, you know, then I push over. It's a bit like Switzerland as well. And, and while it looks like a bit of a boring group, as Guto said, actually, that... Um, you know, you would expect Albania to probably finish bottom of that, but uh, you know, top three would, you know, France should on paper win the group, but you know, we we've seen host nations, you know, fail to live up to expectations earlier on in a, in a competition. So you know, they they do have two tricky games there against Romania and Switzerland. So it could actually be a little bit closer than we think, but. It, you know, with this third place in 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 groups, you know, potentially going or you know can go through from some of the groups, it, it does um, you know teams uh, another chance. Although you know the further they finish in the group, then down in the group, then um, they get a more difficult game in the next round. So I do expect France to win the group. It's going to be a real tight one between Romania and Switzerland to take that second place. But um, Switzerland have been very high in the rankings the past few years. I mean, you know, the last World Cup, I think they were ranked in the top six, um, bizarrely enough. You know, kind of went under the radar. But um, I, I fancy Romania to spring a few surprises, actually. So I, I fancy them to take second. Yeah, I think it's going to be close as well. I, I'm a little surprised you guys uh, propping up Romania. I thought I was the only one with that weird opinion, but uh, it seems it's a little more prevalent. Um, a couple of formerly Premier League experienced players in Razvan Rot and Vlad Kirikesh at the back, obviously Pantilamon and Net. I think it, it is a little bit unfortunate that Alexandru Maxim didn't make the side, but uh, he has struggled a bit. Another one of those players at Stuttgart where people kind of are looking at him and like Timo Werner as victims when really their own uh, lack of performance is one of the reasons they got sent down. But uh, he, he is a big player in the Romanian setup and took part in, in a lot of qualifying but isn't going to make it. Um, I agree. I, I think one of the crucial bits to find out who's going to get a third slot is how poor the fourth team is. And I think it's pretty easy to see that France, Romania, and Switzerland can all get wins against Albania. I agree that the rivalry aspect of it is pretty interesting, um, but I don't think anybody's arguing that Albania are as talented as the rest of the teams in this group. And so if you e- earmark in three points for each of these teams, it's, it's likely, uh, as a lot of these guys have been saying, that you're going to get one of these teams uh, advancing through the new third-place rule. All right, now we will head into Group B, and so now we're all just going to fight and hate each other. Uh, England, Russia, Slovakia, and Wales. We've already touched on two of those. Russia are much better than they used to be because Artem Zuba is up front now, who I think is a very legitimate talent. Uh, I think I would love to see him outside Russia. I'm not sure it's going to happen anytime soon. Slovakia, decent, not too crazy impressed, but, but could cause an upset here. I think both both sets of you, the English and the Welsh, are hoping that Russia don't turn up at this tournament but I think you could end up being a bit disappointed, but I'll throw it to you guys. What do you think we'll see in this group? Yeah, I, I, I think that England will definitely qualify. So I, I'm, I'm pretty set in, in that opinion. I think we're going to maybe take um, possibly seven points. I can see us beating 
Wales and beating Slovakia and possibly drawing to, to Russia. I think Russia are a really good team. They've come on a lot since the managerial changes. They got rid of Capello, I think that, and got in Slitsky. I think that was a, a really good move from them. And they, they've they've got a experienced defence, players that are used to international football, no tournaments, and they're they're going to be tough to break down. And they've got some really exciting attacking players coming through as well. So I think they're going to be going to be quite a quite a one to watch at this tournament. And I think they're going to go for a second. But I'm gonna I'm gonna back Wales to get get through in the, the through the third qualification rule. I think they they might. Uh, I think they should beat Slovakia, and I think that, that, that they're gonna go through through that third place rule. But yeah, I think it's a really exciting group. I think all all four teams uh, have the capability of beating each other. I think England couldn't completely mess up like they, like they have before, and I think Wales with Bale and Russia with, with just just a really good team, and Slovakia who have really come on in the last few friendlies that I've seen. I think. Any of them could could do it, do anything in this group, but I think England have to go for it. I think think we will. I I I think England should win this group. Um, they've got a vastly more talented squad than anybody else in there, and I include Wales in that. Um, but but yeah, the rest of the teams, I I don't think there's really much to to separate them. I I think there may be a risk of people underestimating Slovakia uh, because while on on paper, they don't have too many big stars apart from Marek Um when, when you actually watch them play, they're, 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 quite, they're, they're quite effective. I mean, they've got a team full of very capable footballers. And on the break, they've got pace. And, and they just, they're just very, very good at finding goals. Um, I, you know, and, and again, on weakness, you look at their, their back line and you look at Skirtle, who had a terrible season whenever he played for Liverpool in the Premier League. And um, Doritza, who... You know, is a very experienced player, but maybe not 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 world class. Uh, so to say, and you think, well, they should really struggle against the attacks that the other teams have got. But I, I think Slovakia will fancy their chances of getting third place in this group, especially if they can uh, avoid defeat against Wales in the first group, uh, first game. Um, the big game is obviously Wales against England. Um, that is going to be an absolute mess in Lons. I've just come back from that city, and it's absolutely tiny. It's not ready, really, for for any kind of inf- big influx of supporters, uh, and it, it could be a very, very messy day in that city. Uh, I'm in terms of Wales. I'm 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 hoping that we can we can get say four or five points, which should be able to take should be enough to take us through either in second or third place. Um, but but. That really does depend on us really getting our act together compared to how we play against Sweden. Um, there are things I fear about England, but there are also weaknesses. I think when Wales do play against England, the centre-backs, if, if Gareth Bale is one-on-one against uh, either Smalling or Cahill, I think they're in trouble big time. Uh, also, I think Roy Hodgson could be our greatest gift. If he continues playing Rooney, I think he slows down and nullifies all of England's strengths. Um, and playing... Milner, when you know he's a very able servant, etc. But but let's face it, you've got better options uh, and the possibility of playing Deli Ali out of out of position, etc. I think I think he do, I think Roy Hodgson does give the rest of the group chances if I'm honest. But, but England should still win that group very very easily. Um, I'm hoping the Wales can get either second or third. I'm hoping the Russia don't turn up as much as. I, I really admire Leonid Slutsky. I, I've, I've loved watching the CSK teams in uh, in European competition because they're always good matches whenever they play, even if they're not 
you know the most that even if, if even if they're not the most talented team ever um i do quite enjoy watching them play uh and there are some good individuals in there but the lack of the loss of um Zagreb could really hamper the creativity in midfield and um i'm hoping that that really plays into the rest of the group's hands yeah, I think the uh, the game of the group's got to be England and Wales. Um, I, I don't know what to make of Russia. I really don't know what to expect from them. Um, that's a real difficult one. Although Slovakia have fired a warning shot across the bows, haven't they, by beating Germany in a in a friendly? And you know, we know how slowly Germany normally start. Uh, you know, a warm up to a competition and then slowly get into a competition. But um, that was a big result in Germany for Slovakia, and that really kind of livens up this group I think um, as, as them being perhaps the, uh, the the team that could spring a few surprises and you know both Wales and Russia will have to take notice as well as England you know playing the team you know these are these are games where you know you need to get results in them in a, in a, in a tournament to, to progress so I think it's going to be a tighter group than, than, than a lot of people think it will be um, England I expect to just edge the group I'm, I'm really not sure Um Let's say I have a bit of a soft spot for Wales, which is odd for an Englishman, I know. Um, I'd like to see Wales come through the group with us, actually. Um, you know, if we end up drawing that game in, uh, you know, between England and Wales, then um, yeah, it could well play into the hands of the other side, other two sides in the group. But it all depends on how we do against them. Um, as Guto referred to some of the players, Rooney is exceptional in that uh, in that role, but he does, you're right, he does slow down uh, what is normally a, a quick England counter-attacking team or a very quick attacking side. Um, I would actually say that James Milner is, is listed as the fifth best player in the Euros, according to UEFA um, on their website, so that's an interesting one. Uh, far higher than Gareth Bale, actually. I think Gareth Bale's about 14th, which is, uh, which is a peculiar oh. one, but... Uh, <laughs> They, they, they've, yeah, they, they've identified James Milner as as the man um, in the England side to be the danger. So I don't know who they've been, whether they've been scouting or what. But hey, I, I like I like to have some they're uh, they're smoking at the moment. So, uh, um, but England to win the group, I'm really undecided. I think it's going to be tight for the second uh, and third place in this one, and uh, I expect three teams to go through from this group. I really do. Yeah, I, I think Gitto nailed it with the Jagoyev injury. That That is a really big blow for Russia. Obviously, Kokorin can do the business. And like I said, not having Kerzhikov up front will help them a lot. Because if you've watched them in the World Cups or Euros they've been in uh, of late, he tends to miss a lot of chances uh, when they really need them. Uh, the defense has aged a bit. I, I, I can see it. I am weirdly leaning the Russia way. I think that... You know, we're going to do this in every group. Well, the third place team in this group is going to go through. Then it's harder to go back and be like, well, which ones aren't going to go through? Um, but hopefully it works out for uh, England and Wales so we can keep our happy little home here uh, at the EPL roundtable. Uh, all right, so heading into Group C, we have Germany, Northern Ireland, Poland, and Ukraine. No historical tensions between any of these guys. Um, but uh, we'll start off. I guess with Jay, you haven't let off yet in, in the groups. What do you think we're going to see from the, these guys? And is there a match that you think in particular will be the best out of this bunch? It's set up for Germany, isn't it? In this group, in in, in Group C. I mean, 
I don't see how Northern Ireland are going to get much further. Maybe I'm underestimating them. I think they've done fantastically well um, to get to the tournament. Um, but, you know, Poland, the Ukraine, can they spring a surprise against either of those two? Maybe they can. I mean, they, they're on a 12-game winning streak at the moment. You know, I think it's a record they've broken. Um, I, I just don't think they've got enough in them. Um, I, I, I fancy, I mean, the second place, I think, is going to be between Ukraine and Poland. I don't think there's going to be any surprises who's going to win the group. I really don't because I think Germany will be very pleased with the group that they've drawn. Um, could have been a lot worse for them, um, as we'll probably touch on in, in, in the other groups. But uh, but the game, the game in the group, um, I, I think it's going to be between Poland and Ukraine um, for that runners-up spot. I think that's going to be a really interesting game. And I think that's the third game, am I right? I think that's the third, that's uh, each of those countries' last game in the group. So that could be a, yeah, you know, yeah, or a, like, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a deciding factor um, as to who's going to be the runners-up in this group. So, um, no, I can't. Like everybody else has predicted, I can't see anybody beating Germany to that to that top spot at all. Yeah, I agree. I think Germany are definitely going to win this group. Um, although they do have problems, especially at fullback and sort of form wise, I, I still think that they're all winnable games for them. Uh, as a regarding the other teams, I think Poland. I think they've got the best team they've had in a while. I think they've they've grown a lot since the last couple of tournaments. And I think with Milik and Lewandowski up front, they've got a really dangerous pairing who are really going to uh, do well this summer. I think, I think they're going to take the second spot. They're, the only problem for them is their defence. They don't keep many clean sheets. They're a bit shaky. And against Ukraine, with the likes of like Konopianka and Yarmolenko, they, they do have problems there. But then Ukraine have their own problems at the back, especially with their keeper, Piatov. He makes so many errors he's, he's the most likely to drop a cloud in, in this whole tournament so I, I think that that was a really interesting game I think there's going to be goals and I think I think Poland are just about to edge uh, will edge it I think Northern Ireland although I don't expect them to do much I expect them to pick up a point from somewhere I think they're a well-organized team they play really well together it's, I think they suit international football more than they suit club football I think a lot of those players especially Carl Laftu has is, is done really well in qualifying I think they're going to pick up a point from somewhere but I don't think it's going to be enough to let them qualify but I think yeah Germany Poland Ukraine Northern Ireland and I think the Germany Poland game is probably another good game out of this group purely just for historical reasons and things like that. I think that would be an interesting one to watch. And I wouldn't be surprised if Poland got someone out of that. I think that they're good enough to, and I, especially at, offensively, I think they're good enough to, to beat Germany on their day. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen in this group because Germany starts slowly and I think they will come into it and they will reach the last stage of the tournament. But I expect this group to be harder than they imagined, but I still expect them to win it. I actually think this is the closest thing we've got to a group of death in the Euros. Um, I don't think Northern Ireland could have had a much more difficult draw. Germany, obviously, are world champions. I've been really impressed with Poland in qualifying. Um, it's been pointed out already that, that defensively they've got they, they're not they're not the most solid, but in attack they've got so much danger. Especially when you've got Lewandowski up front. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a more dangerous out and out striker in uh, in the tournament. And Ukraine too. I mean, I mean they've got they've got plenty of dangers um, with. Likes of Konopianka and, and Yamalenko wide, especially. Um, I, I, there, there's certainly no pushovers. Um, you'd expect Germany to win the group, but I, I don't think they're going to have an easy game throughout this. And and you know that who knows that could that could have an effect on them in the uh, in the knockout stages. Um, realistically, you'd say it's then 
uh, a straight shootout between Poland and Ukraine for second and third. Um, and that's definitely what how I expect them to, to finish up. But um, in terms of game of the group, it's Germany-Poland for me. I, I think these two had great games in qualifying against each other. Um, there's obviously a lot of tension between the fans and historical um, references are plenty. Um, and and their styles are also suited to just brilliant. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spectacles when it comes, when it comes to, to, to facing each other. Um, Northern Ireland have done amazingly to get you. And as the commentators pointed out when they played against Slovakia uh, the other night, no team has a longer unbeaten run going into this tournament than them. 12 games unbeaten. Having said that, most of those games have been against terrible football teams. I mean, they had probably the easiest qualifying group I can ever remember for a World Cup or European Championships in, uh, in, well, in my lifetime. Um, and that, that doesn't take anything away from their achievement because still that squad shouldn't have been good enough to qualify. But they, 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 they just breezed through. Um, which is astonishing. And they're very difficult to beat because they do have a very good collection of defenders. Um, I don't know if they've got the attacking players to really um, to, to really test the bigger teams in that group. Um, Stephen Davis is the only really, real quality that I can see beyond the defence. Um, but if they take the sort of New Zealand 2010 approach um, and, and if they can get three draws, um, who knows? that might actually be enough to take them through, which would, from this group, be an absolutely insane achievement. It really, really would. Mm. So none of you guys giving any credence to the fact that Will Grigg may be on fire? (laughs) It is one of the best things about this tournament that that chant will be heard in every single Northern Ireland match. (laughs) They stole it from from Newcastle fans, but yeah, whatever. (laughs) One one thing I didn't mention is uh, the loss of Marco Royce for Germany. Yeah, I feel that if the guy is such a talented player, he missed the World Cup and he's going to miss the European Championships as well um, due to a very similar um, injury problem. But that's that, that's a real loss for Germany, I think, because he's a real good outlet for him out wide. And they do have they do have problems up front, and they you know they have stumbled in in friendlies leading up to the tournament. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to fail, but there are signs that maybe they won't have that cutting edge that they probably had in the World Cup. Mm. Including that Utzel doesn't seem to create for Germany the way he, that he does for Arsenal now, which 
can't be the most pleasing thing, then who are you going to fit around them? Like, to your point, Jay, if you don't have Royce, who are you playing out wide? Like, I don't think Sané's going to start because you have to fit Gutsa in there. I don't know. It'll be very interesting. I, I agree with all of you that they're probably going to make it through this group in first. But, yeah, there, there are some question marks. Like, if people are listening to this and they're like, oh, they talked about Germany with such ease, they're going to win the tournament. Slow your horses. <laughs> I'm not so sure it's going to be that easy for them in the long run. Uh, but do agree mm. that this group probably favors them. All right, and now into Group D, where we have Croatia, the Czech Republic, Spain, and Turkey. I think this is a really interesting group. Um, like you were just talking, Gitto, about Group of Death, where Northern Ireland are kind of looking up at the other three. I think the interesting thing about this group is any of them could legitimately beat any of them. The Czech Republic had a great qualifying campaign. It's one of the reasons the Netherlands aren't in it. Uh, Turkey are the other reason they aren't in it. Um, so those teams obviously both know how to show up. Croatia have a lot of young talent to surround Luka Modric. And we know who Spain are. Maybe they're a little bit long in the tooth uh, as far as their squad goes, but obviously still very talented. Probably need to figure out who they're actually going to start up front. But as we head into this group, who do you guys think are favorites and who do you think will advance? Spain are favourites, there's no doubt about that because of what they've done over recent years. But I agree, you know, they, they're probably not as intimidating um, as, as they have been over recent seasons. I think Turkey are the dark horses in this group. I know they finished third in qualifying, but they were third in qualifying in, in a really, really difficult group. Um, the Netherlands were fourth in that qualifying group, just for a barometer. Yeah. That does say a lot, even though the Netherlands were terrible in qualifying. That still says a lot. Uh, and, and Turkey do have some some really great individual players. I mean, Alder Turan, Chalnoglu. You know, they've got, in attack, I think they are going to cause problems for teams. Um, and I, I, I don't think they'll fear anybody. Um, whether or not they'll be able to top the group, I don't know. But I, I, I'd certainly back them to get through. Um, the Czech Republic, again, had... had a really impressive qualifying campaign. A lot of the players who did well for the under-21s a few years back are, are, are really starting for them at the moment. They, they're they not, obviously, the team they were a few years ago when you know they had the big names. But, again, they're intimidating. And, and even though I don't think Croatia, again, are the team that they used to be, you know, they've got a, a, a midfield, which includes Luka Modric and Rakitic. I mean, that, that really should... But that that really should intimidate um, uh, teams, and you got Mandzukic up front who I I feel is very hit and miss when he plays for Croatia. He's, he he can be hit and miss for whichever club he plays for, but he he does always have that potential of scoring um, if you give him the right service. Um, I, 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 I it's it's very difficult to say who will go through from this group and and who will go out. I don't think there is a single straightforward match in in this group. I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining that we will see. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think it's it's be the most entertaining group. But on paper, all all four teams are really really good. And if they're in other groups, you could see all four progressing. So it's it's going to be these games are like non. Uh, you can't miss these games. I think Croatia 
I think they're going to do really well this this tournament purely because of that midfield, and I think their defense is also very good and just very experienced at this level. Dario Serna, very very good right back. You got Choluka, who's done exceptionally well since becoming a centre half. Yeah. Um, Vasaljko, the the young left back, is also is a very good player. So I think they've got a really well balanced team. The only problem for them is their manager. I don't think he's that well respected uh, by the players from what from what I've seen and read, and I I think he's sort of isn't the best coach at all. And I think if Croatia are going to do well, it could be sort of individual brilliance and sort of managing yourself, not the, not because of the coach. So that's that's the one problem with Croatia. I agree with Guto that I think I think Turkey are going to progress from this group. I think they've got a really good team. They're well-balanced. They looked good against England. They were missing some important players in that game. Um, but then I see Spain progress. As well, I think Spain have come on a, a lot since the World Cup. I think they they found a different way of playing, and I th- it, although it's still possession based, I think they're they're a lot more effective than they were in that tournament. And I think they're going to do well at this European Championships. Uh, and the Czech Republic, they did exceptionally well in qualifying, but I just think their defence is too weak for this group. I think they're going to concede a lot of goals, and I I think they're not they're not going to be in the qualification picture. But you know they've got the players to. To, to prove me wrong, I think that they're a club, they're a team that could definitely qualify, but I just think their defence is too weak and this group's too strong. So I, I think it's going to be some sort of combination of Turkey, Spain, and Croatia. And I think the third place might not qualify from this group, group purely because everyone might take results of each other, and the third place team might not have enough points to go through. So I think it could just be the top three, uh, top two for this one. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what the guys have already said. Actually, it, it, it's a tough group for Spain. Actually, if they're not on their, you know, on top of their game, it, it, they're not as formidable as they once were in, in, in you know, say five or six years ago. But um, for me, the other three teams, Czech Republic, Turkey, and Croatia, could all cause Spain uh, problems. You know, it's it's a tighter group than um, yeah, many perhaps think. Probably tighter than the, uh, the the three groups we already mentioned. Actually, um, so coming on to this one, yeah. It's, Everyone says Spain will win top this group. They they probably will, but there's going to be difficulties. The second place is going to be really tight as well, um, assuming Spain kind of take the you know, take that uh, the win the group. But um, Turkey are as as they showed against England in in the friendly, um, very um, very tough team to play against. Uh, they're, they're up and at at you all the time you know even in that friendly they were very hard to um to play against and they were it's difficult to to say how they were very much like a Leicester side very quick uh, quick onto the ball and onto the players and very uh very in in your face so they'll be very difficult to um to play against and I can't imagine Spain will be relishing that uh, that match at all again Croatia um it's it's difficult to know what to expect from them in this tournament really um always often done well in you know in history in in tournaments you know very very likable side uh talented side and um I'm, I'm hopeful that we can see something similar from them again this time around um again czech republic no mugs at all i i, I think it's going to be a really tough group probably i know i know the next group we're going to talk about is probably the toughest group but this one this one is uh almost on par with it i think yeah, I, I think the the really interesting thing about this Croatian side is the midfield. There's so much talent there. You already mentioned Rakitic and Modric, but you also have Perisic in there. You have Kovacic, who didn't have the best starting season at Real Madrid. But then you also have Ante Koric and Brozovic, who are both very highly touted and players that are probably going to move this summer to bigger leagues. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's very interesting seeing all of them in there. 
uh, agreed on Mandzukic that he can kind of show up or not show up. Also, when you referenced he was hit and miss, it kind of reminded me of the time when he got a red card for hitting someone in a match. Um, so that that was a pun I'm sure was not intended. Um, but yeah, Spain, I'm just not buying it that much. And, and I'll tell you, a really big concern I have is that they might decide that Casillas gets to start. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't think any of us are saying that he should. I'm just putting it out there. That knowing Del Bosque, like, it would not surprise me if when everybody's looking at the first 11s for those matches, and they're like, oh, interesting, that then they'll skip the goalkeeper position, not notice, and then when the match starts, be like, is that Iker Casillas? And it will be. And I, I don't know. I wish I could 100% sit here and say that that's not going to happen, but I can't. And I think if he starts, there and there are multiple issues, like are they going to play a forward? Are they going to play Fabregas as a false nine? The age of, of some of those midfielders you don't love. David Silva was one of their best players in qualifying, but obviously had a tough Premier League season. I don't I don't know. I, I, I think it is entirely possible that we have three teams all finishing within a point of each other. And I'm not as confident that you can automatically write Spain into that one slot. All right, uh, heading into the next group where we have Belgium, Italy, Ireland, and Sweden. The really interesting thing about this is that Italy and Sweden are kind of in the public perception getting the benefit of the doubt. Not really been impressed by either of them. I think if you're a, a fan of Ireland, I think you have to feel a little optimistic with these teams heading in. Yeah, it, it's a group of death for me. It really is. It's it's a group where um, none of these teams would be particularly happy with. You would probably say, um, at a stretch, that Ireland are probably the weak link in this in this four team group. But you know, on their day, I keep saying teams on their day could be anybody, and I think you know this group is is very much the case. Belgium have flattered to deceive a lot in international football. Normally qualified okay, um, but they remind me a lot of Dutch teams gone by, that they have so much talent in a team. And sometimes you need some players to kind of, you know, make those cogs work in a, in a team. And, you know, for some of those players to do the dirty work rather than being a team of stars. And Belgium just really smacks of that for me. Um, so whether they will actually come of age in this tournament and, and do something special remains to be seen. Italy, you can never write the Italians off. Very much, very similar to the Germans. Um, normally do well in qualifying and normally do well, you know, getting out of a group stage in this one. And I think... Um, very similar to another group is that you know these teams could take points of each other so it could end only end up being two teams getting through um sweden you know they've got the best player self-proclaimed best player in the world haven't they playing for them um who's on his way to old trafford so um you know if he's on fire and can get the swedish team working working well then again you know these other sides in the group will have you know it's going to be a tough proposition um for me I'm going to go with the pundits and, and say that Belgium and Italy will get through. Um, but it's certainly not going to be easy. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if either of the other two um, put themselves in either of those two positions with a, in a couple of really good results. And they're more than capable of doing so. Yeah, it's, it's another difficult to predict. Uh, I agree with a lot of what Jay said. It's literally any of these teams could go through it. I think any of them could beat each other. I think they all have their own problems. Belgium at the full-back areas is, is a problem. Them and and in qualifying, they play the only team they played that will be at the tournament was Wales, who they played twice and they failed to score. I mean, that's quite a big problem for them. And I don't think they're as good as people make them out to be. They have a lot of good players, but as a team, they lack 
they sort of lack something, and I, I think that they're, they're not w- that well suited to international football. And I, I just, I could see them maybe failing to to go through this group. Even I, I just think, I think if Sweden, Sweden, it depends on what Zlatan does. If he turns up, they've got a great chance to go through. If he doesn't, he's a massive problem, and it affects the rest of the team. And they're just gonna have another disappointing tournament where they go out of the group stage. Ireland, they have a problem where they don't have a top quality goalkeeper. They rely too much on Shane Long attackingly uh, in the attacking third, but then at the same time, they've got a really good team spirit, and I, I think Martin O'Neill has done a really good job there. And I, I, I could see them doing a lot better than they did at the last European Championships. I think they're going to get some points, and I, I might be the only one who thinks this, but I think Italy are going to come through this group quite easily. I think Conte is a very, very good manager who, who, who knows how to use players, and he'll get the best out of this squad. They don't have the, the sort of stars they have in the past, but. Italy are so good at tournaments. So they're the opposite of England. You know, they'll come in in terrible form with with out of form players. So uh, with no expectation, they'll do really well, like they did at Euro 2012. And I, I can see them doing a similar thing this time. I think they're going to do really well, and I think that they're going to top this group. And I think I think they could even win all three games. I just I just think Conte is, a, is an incredible uh, manager, and I think he's going to do really well in uh, this tournament before he goes to Chelsea. I really disagree with people who say that this is the group of death. I think this is a massively overrated group. Um, like, like pointed out earlier, um, Belgium played against Wales twice in qualifying, and they're not a great team. Uh, on paper, they look fantastic, but Mark Philmott has not found a way of getting them to gel. Their big hope is that Eden Hazard can sort of try keep improving the way he was towards the end of the Premier League season and can really spark some life into that team. Um, but but it, it's it's a real mismatch, that Belgium team, and it doesn't really work, if I'm honest. Um, it, they, they still haven't found a way to get the best out of uh, that group of players. And uh, likewise, Italy, they're, they're in no, they are nowhere near... The standard that they that they should be really when you look at its footballing tradition, um, they they've, they're picking players which would never usually be considered for an Italian national side. And uh, Antonio Conte, I agree with Jake, is is a very shrewd manager and a tactician um, who, who can compensate really for a lot of their weaknesses. But I. I, I, while I expect the Italians to get through, I don't expect them to do much in this group. I don't see them as any kind of formidable opponents for any of the bigger nations in this competition. Uh, and then you get to Sweden and Republic of Ireland. Well, Sweden beat Wales 3-0. Um, so, you know, they, they clearly, um, you know, they, they've got dangers beyond, well, I was going to say beyond Zatan Ibrahimovic, but realistically, Ibrahimovic is the guy that, 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 just gets things clicking for them. Um, I, I, the, the rest of the team is pretty average, if I'm honest. Um, and, and while he can bring the best out of the players around him, it's still not a great team. And the Republic of Ireland, too, is a team that can be very, very difficult to beat and can, can really make you work hard for every single chance. But, you know, they're, they're, they're no great shakes either. I don't think there's a single team in there that you'd expect... To make the semi-finals, if I'm honest, um, I, th- I think it would be a shock if any of them made the semi-finals, even with the kind, kind run. Um, and so I, I think that title of Group of Death is pretty misplaced. Uh, I'd expect Belgium and Italy to finish in the top two, um, but but 
neither of them really inspire much confidence in me, if I'm being honest. And, and I don't think it's going to be a great group to watch. I think we're going to see a lot of very, very negative, um, low-scoring matches in this group. And I think it could be a major disappointment. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm pretty disillusioned by Italy. I, I have some friends that are uh, Italian and really love the Italian side that are very <laughs> not confident. That wasn't great syntax, but we're just going to move on. Um, the fact that probably Pella or Simona Zaza are going to be leading the line for Italy, I think is very strange. Um, El Shirawi moving back to Roma kind of worked, but still isn't the player that we saw before he left uh, AC Milan. Kondreva has been an absolute shadow of himself in the Lennon-esque mold of just sprinting to the touchline and then just hoping that somebody's in, or the Navas technique of trying to hit it off a player and then celebrating winning a corner. Uh, he was a tremendous player the past couple of years, and for some reason it's, it's just fallen off a cliff for him. The defense isn't as good as it has been in the past. You still have Buffon in net, and it's an incredible story, but a 38-year-old goalkeeper, it, it's... In, He's an amazing keeper compared to what he should be at this age. I'm not saying that Sirigu or Marchesi are better. Just, I, I don't know. I, I have very, very little confidence in this Italian side. I agree with the concerns about the Belgians. Uh, to Wilmot's credit, he has switched Toby Alderweireld back into a center back. He's going to play Denaire at right back, who isn't great at right back, but at least you're putting one of your better defenders in their actual position. Um I, I think that Belgium saving grace could be that Lukaku has finally re- regained his form. He has four goals in the last four matches. Obviously, the, the tail end of Everton's season was a mess. I'm not saying it was all Lukaku's fault, but it was definitely a contributing factor. Um, I, I, think, I think that Belgium's attack can cover a lot of the cracks in that team more than the other teams in this group. I honestly don't want to pick a second team that I think is going to advance from here. I honestly am not sure any of them will uh, deserve it as much. And, and I think Ireland will be the most um, team-based squad in this group. Like, you already mentioned that Belgium, the, the squad unity isn't there as much on the pitch. It's always there off the pitch. Their social media team does a very good job hammering at home that they're all best friends. But sometimes you need a few jerks in, in the dressing room to really get the results. Um, Sweden, I don't really see much out of them. The fact that they're partially relying on Seb Larsson, who could barely get a game for Sunderland this year, can't be the most encouraging thing. Uh, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna pick Ireland. I'm gonna say that we're gonna see Belgium and Ireland move out of this group because I'm very uninspired by Sweden and Italy. All right, and now we will head into our last group. That's Group F with Austria, Hungary, Iceland, and Portugal. Uh, we can start off with Jake. Yeah, this this group is what I'm most excited for, purely because I, I've developed some sort of a, a crush for this Austrian team. I think I think they're really well balanced. I like their defense. They're all very seasoned operators playing in the Bundesliga, and obviously Christian Fuchs, who just won the Premier League. You've got. A really good midfield of Alaba uh, played centrally. He really uh, plays really well for his, uh, Aust- for Austria. And you've got the likes of Yunusovic uh, and uh, Arnautovic and Mark uh, Janko. Again, he's a very good scorer at international level. I think he's got something like 26 goals in 51 games, or at least that's what he had before the friendlies. Uh, so I think, again, he's going to be uh, he's going to do really well in this group. And I expect Aust- I'm I'm tipping Austria to win this group. I think they're going to beat Portugal. Um, 
maybe not beat Portugal, but I think they'll finish above Portugal. And I think they uh, should beat Iceland and Hungary. I think Hungary are probably the worst team in the competition. I think it's a great story how they got there. They did really well in the playoff, but I just think they're not going to do much in this group. I think Iceland could potentially progress through the third place. I think that they did really well in qualifying, did, came out of a very tough group. And it's another amazing story to see them there, especially considering their small population. And I'm hoping that um, Sigurdsson has a, has a good tournament because I think this could be his only chance at an international tournament. So hopefully he does really well. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting group to watch. Portugal are famous for losing games that they shouldn't. Um, I was impressed with them enough at Wembley, um, considering they didn't have Ronaldo or Pepe, and they're missing Cohen Trail as well, and Bernardo Silva uh, got ruled out with injury. They're missing quite a lot of key players, but they, I think they've got quite... They, they look good. like they, They're good enough to get out of this group, and I think Ronaldo is probably going to score quite a lot of goals in this group uh, against Iceland and Hungary. I wouldn't be surprised if he won the golden boot purely off his group stage performance alone. But yeah, I, th- I think Austria are a dark horse for the tournament altogether. I think they're, they're a really well-balanced team, and I, th- I think people are going to be surprised with them. Uh, in this group and I expect them to win it I agree completely with Jake when he says that I think Austria are going to be the, the dark horses in this tournament I watched quite a bit of them in qualifying and loved watching them I really really did think their football was sensational to watch they've got a beautiful balance uh, defensively they're very solid on the break they're, they're just superb David Alaba um, when you see him playing in midfield which he never does for Bayern Munich um, he's he's just you really do appreciate what an exceptional footballer he is, and he's surrounded by other uh, attack-minded, uh, very creative players. And and you know these they're traits that we've never really associated with Austrian football. If you've ever associated anything with Austrian football, because let's face it, they they rarely you know get a trickle onto the onto the radar. Um, I, I I think I think they're very dangerous. I th- I think. I, I think that in attack they will definitely score goals, uh, and they, they've got the capacity to keep, keep clean sheets. I think they will breeze this group. I think they should win all nine matches, um, and and if if they go through this group, then they shouldn't fear anybody. Um, Portugal, the other really big, well, they are the big team really in the group. That you'd think they'd um, that well, they're bigger names than Austria anyway, but. I don't know. For the last few years, I haven't been convinced by Portugal. Um, Ronaldo compensates for so many of their weaknesses. I think he is the one real danger that they've got going forward. Um, and he's not actually been as that, that amazing um, recently. Um, I mean, a lot of his... Uh, he, you know, obviously, he's still one of the world's best players, but, but a lot of his performances for Real Madrid have almost been eclipsed by Gareth Bale uh, recently. I don't... I don't think he's quite the player that he used to be. Um, and then you add to that the fact that you know the players around him are quite ordinary in attack. Um, they've still got a, a very good defence, in my opinion. I think I think they're very well set up in that respect. Do you not believe in Eder? <laughs> I, I do not. I think Eder is lucky that Simon Church is playing this competition because he's possibly the only other striker, <laughs> the only striker that is worse than him in the entire competition, apart from maybe Ayer Good Jonsson. That that may who is also in this group. Um, I, no, I, I mean that that sums it up. If I'm honest, the fact that Adair is in this this competition, I don't think there are many other uh, um, teams that would pick a player like Adair for this competition um, because he's awful. 
Uh, let's, let's be honest. Um, I, I, I think Portugal, if they do get through this group, won't get much further. Uh, Iceland were brilliant in qualifying. Um, I, uh, they're a team that I've tipped to do well for the last 10 years, but have never quite made the break, breakthrough. Gilfie Sigerson, as a Swansea fan, obviously excites me massively. He is the guy that makes them tick. He is their key player. Um, I think they'll be difficult to play against, whether or not they'll whether or not they'll quite have the quality to beat teams like Portugal, Austria, I'm not sure. Um, um, I, I think they may struggle, if I'm honest, to get through this group, but they still should beat Hungary, who are terrible, if I'm being honest. I thought they were um, lucky to get third place in their group. Um, they were then lucky to face a Norway team who were massively off-colour, um, and, and while they've got a lot of effort, there's very little quality in that squad. And that's coming from somebody who loves Hungary as a country. I worked out there for a while, um, love the people, love the culture, but really Hungary probably are the worst team in this competition. I expect them to get a total of zero points and really stink up the joint. <laughs> Do you know what? I was going to say very similar about Hungary. I was going to name them as the worst team in the tournament, but yeah, you never know. They could... They could get a point here or there but I'd love Iceland to do well I think it was fantastic the qualifying campaign um, finally they've lived up to you know some people said that they you know they're expecting to do something over the last few years but they really haven't um, got anywhere near it other than you know this qualifying competition so I, I really enjoy watching them play um, and, and do well in this competition but I'm not sure Austria are, are, are the uh, you know underdog not underdogs but dark horses in this one because so hard to break down at the back and, and will score goals um, Portugal again you know Ronaldo if if he's not if he's off form then um, don't really have an awful lot else in their side Um a bit of a mishmash of players in their in their squad. So you know, while they go into the competition as red hot favourites to come out of this group, um, I think Iceland and Austria could trouble them. I really do. Uh, you know, Ronaldo could carry Portugal through to the next couple of rounds, perhaps. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot of pressure on one guy's shoulders, and obviously he's got broad shoulders. He's he's done it a lot, um, and it'd be interesting to know how much you know this end of season's taken out of him. It's been a long season for him. Obviously, scored loads of goals. Um, but for me, I'd love to see Iceland and Austria do well. Um, I still think Portugal will probably edge it, um, but that second spot is between Iceland and Austria. I think eh, probably on paper Austria would edge it, but um, yeah, I've got a soft spot for Iceland. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them. I hope they, hope they you know, do something decent in this competition. All right, that concludes the groups. Uh, we had a lot of other stuff planned after this, but we've already hit an hour, so we should probably start wrapping up. But if you could quickly just name the person that you think is going to win the Golden Boot. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go Olivier Giroud. Six goals in his last <laughs> five starts for France. He's much maligned by both Arsenal and, and, and France supporters, but I, I think this is set up for him. I think he's going to take the Golden Boot, and I think he's going to go back to Arsenal as first-choice striker, regardless of whether they sign Jamie, uh, Jamie Vardy or not. Uh, it's a tough one in, in this one. I don't think it's an obvious choice, but I, I'll go for... Do you know what? I'll go for Mario Gomez. Uh, he's probably going to be starting for Germany with their lack of strikers. Uh, and, and, you know, throughout his career, he has got goals. I, I'm not necessarily his biggest fan, but who knows? He may be able to get it. The the other option, actually, is, is Antoine Griezmann for France. Um, they've got pretty easy route to the final, and he is superb. Um, and even though he's not really an out-and-out striker, I think he may 
have a shot at the uh, gold boot. Well, Jake's nicked my stolen my thunder a little bit because I was going to say Giroud as well. Um, purely based on you know relative, well, I say relatively easy group. I think France will go a long way in this competition. Um, they've got a good squad of players, and they you know they've got the home support as well, which sometimes can work against you. But I think you know I expect to see them at least you know get into the semi-finals in this competition. I'm going to plump for somebody else because Jake's uh, nicked my man. So um, I'm going to go Harry Kane for England. I, mm. I think if we if we get to the quarters or semi-finals, then you know he's going to score goals for us, no doubt about it. We're going to create chances. He's going to score goals. So, you know, I, I believe he'll score in in the group a few goals. I'm not saying it's a weak group, but we will have chances and he will score goals. So, yeah, I'm going to plump Harry Kane. All right, now this player let me down as much as anybody could in fantasy this year. But we're not talking about fantasy. We're talking about for real life. And Lukaku has looked really good in their recent friendlies, largely against teams that are going to be in this competition. I, Like I said, I already don't really believe in Italy or Sweden, so I'm going to back up that call by saying that I think Romelu Lukaku scores enough in the group stages that even if they bounce in the next round, that he might be one of those guys where you're, you're waiting for the golden boot presentation, you're like, what? Didn't they get kicked out like a while ago? You're like, yeah, he, he scored six. Um, so anyway, I, I'm not as confident as I'd like to be, uh, but I was going to go with uh, Kane, uh, and then that got taken because Jake took uh, Giroud. So now we got this nice little circle. Um, <laughs> so I guess that's that's where I'm going to end it, is with me going with Romelu Lukaku. And if he disappoints me again, you can be not surprised and refer to any time on my Twitter timeline, because I guarantee you at all times, in my last five tweets, there's something about Romelu Lukaku ruining my life. All right, and with that, we are out of time. So if you have any projects you'd like to plug or want to tell people where to reach you, now would be a good time. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening. You can um, get my stuff as usual on EPL Index and Total Dutch Football. I'm also going to be doing a two- or three-day transfer uh, roundup regarding Leicester for the bootroom.com, where I just give a background to the targets and see how they'll fit into uh, Claudio Radio's plans. And I'll also be, I've also written a couple of group previews for Get Better Smart, where I get some tips and stuff. But, uh, so check that out. That's a new website that's been set up by the same person that runs Total Dutch Football. So that is definitely one to check out. And you could get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two ends. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, I'm Jay. I'm editor of the Eagles Beak. A little bit quiet on the Eagles Beak. We have an odd article or two on pa- latest Palace news, but it's going to be relatively quiet over the summer. Um, but there's plenty of con- content on the site that you can catch up with. And we also have a uh, European Championships Predictions League set up. So if you want to join that, more the merrier. Um, head over to the site and the details are on there. Um, I'm actually doing some Euro stuff on uh, my other project, which is a local community radio show called Back of the Net. So lots of stuff to listen to and read on their website. So um, you can get us on Twitter at underscore back and at underscore. And you can also get me mostly on Twitter at the Eagles Beak. Uh, at the Jackass, all three contributors are going to be heading out to France for the Euros, uh, like most of the Welsh population, in fact. Um, but before we go, we will be recording a preview uh, pod, which should be up in the next few days. Uh, looking ahead to Wales uh, and you know the Euros in general uh, should be a listen. Also uh, on S4C on Tuesday night at ten o'clock, uh, Hakyo is essential watching for anybody who is um, thinking of going out to watch Wales against uh, England. 
We have been out in the tiny city of Lons to check out how their preparations are coming along, uh, how they'll handle the terrorist risk and the hooliganism risk, uh, and uh, some very interesting findings. That's 10 o'clock on S4C. You'll have to check on Google to see which channel that is. If you're in England, in Wales, it's 104 on Sky. All right, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. If I sound different, I think my mic just died, which is probably a problem, but we're just going to muscle through it. Uh, I don't really have many things for you to check out as uh, we are in the dead period of the Premier League, Uh, but you can check out our fantasy um, podcast, the FPL Roundtable, where we're breaking down the groups. Uh, We already did A, B, and C last week. You're going to be getting D, E, F by the time this is up. That'll also be up, so uh, feel free to check that out. We also have a league uh, entitled FPL Roundtable, and I really should have had the league code up, but I don't. Uh, but we'll tweet that out at a later time, and whoever uh, wins that league will get a national team kit of their choice. So you get a little incentive there. So uh, thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.